I don't hear you. I don't know if you can hear me that now. That might help. I apologize. I did not. You had your mic, mic muted, didn't you? I sure did. Thank you for joining joining us. As many of you have probably noticed, we are late. As fuck. As but tacos. Fuck. Tacos. Tacos. Sorry, y'all. We had to. Smash well, them. and then and then technical difficulties followed that, so we were even later. Yeah. But we're here. And you know what was wrong that whole time? What? I had muted my mic from the keyboard. <laughs> Forgot about it. Oh <laughs> my god. Yeah. So um. I, yeah. I figured that out a moment ago, coming back in here, like, oh. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hi, Mako. Hi, James. Hi, Emily. Um, so, I guess, uh, first things first, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Kim Potter verdict. Um Yet again, this is not justice because there cannot be justice uh, when it's still happening. Anyway, but uh, point is, Kim Potter was found guilty um, and her attorney tried to argue for her to go home instead of remanded to the custody of the fucking sheriff's department. Right. She wanted to spend the holidays with her family. Like, too fucking bad. Like, Dante Wright doesn't get to fucking spend the holidays with his family. Right. Like, maybe if you get processed quick enough, your family can come visit you up at the jail. Like everybody else. Exactly. And I mean, enough with the special treatment. Yep. <coughs> I was trying to share my um, share the stream to more groups, but my phone's acting all fucky. Well, let me see if I can. Um. Anyway, that's pretty much all I wanted to say about Kim Potter. Fuck that. It's completely unacceptable. Um. Obviously, the judge was like, no, that's not how this works. You're going to fucking jail. But holy shit. Um, also, if anybody, uh, you know, has been regularly, you know, contributing to the PayPal, um, Please just put that on pause. There's an issue with the account. Sounds like it'll be taken care of by tomorrow, but just in case it's not, hold off on that. Um, that's off topic, but that happened today. So just giving you a heads up. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about the uh, Kim Potter situation? Only that uh, that slap on the wrist is nowhere near enough. Nowhere near enough. I agree with that. 
knowingly. There no way she didn't fucking know that was her gun and not her taser that she grabbed. I call bullshit. This isn't manslaughter, it's fucking murder. Yeah, and I mean she was she was training someone that day. I know that I've reiterated this every time we've talked about this case, right. but she was training someone that day. She was not, you know, like a rookie fucking cop. Uh, John, the sentencing is scheduled for February. But exactly, James, he wanted to get out of it like friendly, friendly, friendly did. That is a Kyle Rittenhouse joke because you know, he was all like friendly, friendly, friendly right before he killed two people. Right. I'm almost done sharing this to groups. I got my phone to cooperate. Okay. All right. Done with that for a minute. Um, also wanted to point out the the Pope, and this is this is kind of, I guess not out of character for him, but it's out of character for a Pope. Um, right. Which most of what his, he does is. <laughs> that, that's fairly true, but he used his Christmas mass to advocate for universal health care, for access to vaccines for third world countries. Um, I mean, dude, if you're getting flanked by flanked from the left by the Catholic Church, you probably need to work on that. Right. I'm kind of surprised that I didn't get, like, banned from fucking posting in groups for 24 hours again. Well. I, I hit a few. Doing uh, the same right now, so, you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. What, what do we got next? Those, those I just kind of wanted to touch on. Okay, so actually there's two things about the pigs. Um, first, there was the 14-year-old girl that was shot and killed by police trying to apprehend a, an unarmed suspect. I'm just going to repeat that. An unarmed suspect. She was caught in the crossfire in the dressing room and later died from her injuries. Um, and I mean, the cop has been suspended, but as far as I've been able to determine, there have been no charges filed yet. What the fuck is that? A 14-year-old girl who had nothing to do with the supposed robbery that, you know, this dude committed, had, which, I mean, is it really a robbery if he's not armed? I mean, that's just petty theft, right? right? It's just petty theft, yeah. So, I mean, not only did they kill the suspect who was unarmed and posed no threat, but they also killed a 14-year-old girl. And then, not the same department, but 
still relevant. Um, I'm going to have to Google where that was at because I did not write that down. Um, but in Florida, there was another cop that was placed on leave after a 13-year-old boy on a dirt bike dies during an attempted traffic stop. Um I mean, I have to pop this open. Um, this is one of the things that Wade put in there this afternoon. I haven't had a chance to read it. Uh, that was Boynton Beach Police Department. Um, the police department said that an officer saw the boy riding the dirt bike recklessly. A 13-year-old boy was riding a dirt bike recklessly. Who would have thought? Have they ever met a 13-year-old boy before? Right. And I'm anyway. curious what the fuck he considers reckless because it's probably shit that most of us would consider completely fucking normal for riding a dirt bike because it's a dirt bike. They're for doing stunts and shit with. Just Right, right, right. So the officer attempted to stop him. Um, during the attempted stop, the dirt bike went down and the 13-year-old was killed. Um Florida Highway Patrol is leading the investigation, and they said in a statement that the boy, quote, failed to maintain control of the vehicle and collided with the median curb. He was then ejected from the dirt bike and collided with a one-way sign that was located in the median. The boy died at the scene. Um... The chief of police said that he had not seen any evidence that the officer's vehicle ever came in contact with the dirt bike. Okay, so, I mean, if that was even a speculation, that means that he was way the fuck too close. Right. And, I mean, not not to mention, like, I, I mean, like you said, he was probably not really being reckless. Um, I mean, he may have tried to run from the police, but... I mean, as we see, that's understandable. I mean, this was literally like the day after the police killed a 14-year-old girl in a dressing room at Burlington Coat Factory. Right. And to be fair, even when I was that age, I would have taken off from him too. I did quite a few times in our go-karts and shit like that. That You know, mopeds. Fucking can't think of any dirt bikes we ever had, but plenty of other shit along those lines and we got the cops called on us all the fucking time because of just driving too fast through the neighborhood. We dipped too. Good luck catching us. <laughs> right. Like this kid shouldn't be dead for recklessly driving a fucking dirt bike. He probably wrecked well, trying to get the fuck away from the cops. Well, right, and if the police chief had to say in a statement that he saw no evidence that the car made contact, that means he was tailing him way too fucking close. We're talking about a dirt bike. We're not right. talking about, you know, a car or, I, I mean, even a go-kart would have, like, a roll cage. Right. In most cases. Well, yeah. Um, so Amazon workers in Staten Island walked out during the holiday rush, reviving the union push. Um, 
That's always exciting. Um, actually, there's been a lot really going on pertaining to Amazon. Um, hello, no Novalium. Novalium. That's probably the one. Novalium. How are you? Good to see you. Um, Amazon warehouse workers in Staten Island revived their push for union representation and staged a walkout on Wednesday in protest of what they say are unfair labor practices during the breakneck holiday shipping rush. Workers at four Staten Island facilities, so not just one facility, um, but four, uh, staged a lunchtime walkout slamming unfair labor practices committed my, by Amazon. This is not the first time that we've been told about this. Um, not even close to the first time we've been told about this. This has been an ongoing thing for years with Amazon, um, including illegal interference with union organizing, according to a statement from, from activists, which is funny that they said according to a statement from activists, but like a court ruled that they're interference with union organizing was illegal and they got they didn't even get a slap on the wrist for it just like oh we'll just do a revote it's okay <laughs> it's true it's true fuck um organizers also filed a petition for a union election with the national labor relations board According to spokesperson Kayla Blotto, um, if the NLRB verifies that at least 30% of eligible workers sign the petition, it will move forward and schedule a union election. Um, Amazon, you'll never believe this. Amazon did not immediately respond to a request for comment on the organizing effort or the walkout. Not surprised. No. No, same. I just saw John's comment. I don't know how I didn't see it when I saw the one under it. But yes, fuck the police state. Absolutely. <laughs> Hi, Wade. <laughs> Glad you made it, Wade. Glad you made it. It's okay. We uh here a few minutes ourselves. Yeah. Well, sixteen it says, but yeah, it was uh it was a late start today. Yeah. Because tacos and then technical issues that were Trisha. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that was totally on me. <laughs> um Anyway, uh, Wednesday is not the first time that Amazon warehouse workers in Staten Island have pushed for a union. In October, more than 2,000 workers from four warehouses signed a union petition and called for higher wages, safer conditions, and more paid time off, among other demands. But in November, organizers withdrew that petition after the National Labor Relations Board said they hadn't met the threshold of 30% of eligible employees to qualify for a, a union uh, election. In an effort to prevent the union petition from falling flat this time around, organizers are focusing 
on a single warehouse rather than all four Staten Island facilities. I mean, I understand that to a point, but... Well, I mean, to be fair, it snowballs, so I'm not trying to argue with their tactic. Actually, I can back up their tactic with history. Look at the um, the Flint sit-down strike. It started with one plant. It wasn't all a GM at first. It started with one fucking plant. And it snowballed to every other plant in Flint. Because <laughs> solidarity. <laughs> exactly. Um, Teamsters, uh, they represent UPS drivers. Teamsters is gearing up, um, for a, uh, contract fight as well. Um, which I mean, Teamsters is one of the few unions that still has some power, um, And I mean, my biggest complaint about them is that they need to, you know, like quit going so easy on the bosses. Yeah. Um, Agreed. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a step. Um, There's a lot of UPS drivers. I mean, I, I don't have an exact number in front of me, but. Wade. <laughs> the ghost of Hoffa is in fact getting wood. Mm-hmm. God damn it. Anyway, Jamie what the hell was I saying? Um shit. <laughs> uh oh yeah, I don't know exactly how many striking. I don't know how many UPS drivers there are, but they're all represented by Teamsters. So, I don't know. I I mean, I'm not surprised that this is expected to be a big fight. I mean, we've seen a lot of big labor fights unfurl this year. And, um, I mean, it seems like It seems like the, the, the capitalists are, like, at this point, severely concerned about the amount of labor uprisings happening. And we've seen them try to give shit deals to the workers over and over again. And in the end, the bosses still bring them back to the table. Like, I'm sorry. We can do better. Right. Uh, and yeah, Wade, exactly. This, this year has been incredible for labor. We haven't seen consistent um, consistent labor pushes like this since the 70s. We just haven't. And even the 70s weren't great. I mean, really, the big strikes and the big labor uprisings happened in the 20s and 30s. That's 100 years ago. Yep. This is the most mobilization we've seen amongst labor in that entire time, you know, and there's been a lot of epic strikes since then, but look at how many different industries we've seen strikes in, in the past year, you know, it's, it's everywhere. People getting fucking fed up with being shit on. Yeah. 
Yeah, without a doubt. Exactly, John, and yet it's only the beginning. Well, I guess it's not the beginning of the year, it's the end of the year. But it's about to be the beginning again. Beginning of shit being incredible for labor? <laughs> yeah. I realized those were tears. I thought it was piss. Oh my goodness. I don't know if it's my signal or yours, but one of us is cutting out. I'm up. Was muted. <laughs> Your face is frozen, though. Oh, I've got full signal. I know. I know what I couldn't figure out. Mao's birthday. It was Mao's birthday. Piss is their tears, the unfeeling people that they are. Capitalist tears, piss, same difference. Yep. Mm. I'm glad that we've established uh, that trickle-down economics is not wealth, it's piss. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you did look stuck in deep thought. <laughs> How about both of those? Um. Your face froze again. <laughs> okay. Are you sure? And nope, because your mouth didn't. I mean, we'll just call it a very deep thought. Okay. We'll just call it very deep thought. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I uh, got my internet copy of quotations from Chairman Mao open, and uh, well, I mean, I guess I'll open it up to Chapter Seventeen, serving the people. Because I wanted to commemorate Mao's birthday. I mean, we could have, you know, like done like a biographical dive or something like that. But no, I wanna, I wanna talk about his contributions to Marxism-Leninism, um, and I mean, just give some quotes about serving the people. I mean, that's the point of communist organizations, ultimately. So, I mean. What better place to crack an open to for Mao's birthday? Um, our point of departure is to serve the people wholeheartedly and never for a moment divorce ourselves from the masses. What he's saying there is that we cannot be separate from the masses. We cannot be a ruling class. We have to be on the ground with the masses living the reality of the masses <clears throat> uh, to proceed in all cases from the interests of the people 
and not from one's self-interest or from the interests of a small group. Uh, and to identify our responsibility to the people with our responsibility to the leading organs of the party. Um, the next one's right in line, of course. Uh, the organs of state must practice democratic centralism. They must rely on the masses and their personnel must serve the people. Um, all our cadres, whatever their rank, are servants of the people, and whatever we do is to serve the people. How, then, can we be reluctant to discard any of our bad traits? Our duty is to hold ourselves responsible to the people. Every word, every act, and every policy must conform to the people's interests. And if mistakes occur, they must be corrected. That is, what is, that is what being responsible to the people means. Imagine if our government, imagine if you will, a world where our government is able to, you know, be held responsible. Right. Who actually had it written into their own fucking laws of like, no, here is specifically how and why we should be held accountable to the people. Gee, can't have that. Our government talks so much shit about China and it's like, y'all just mad that they're actually holding their government fucking accountable to them. <laughs> right. Um, yep. Wherever there is struggle, there is sacrifice. And death is a common occurrence. But we have the interests of the people and the sufferings of the great majority at heart. And when we die for the people, it is a worthy death. Nevertheless, we should do our best to, un to avoid unnecessary sacrifices. And uh, he kind of, obviously this is from two different works, but the next quote kind of elaborates on that. Um, All men must die but death can vary in its significance. The ancient Chinese writer Zuma Qian said, quote, though death befalls all men alike, it may be weightier than Mount Tai or lighter than a feather, uh, end quote. To die for the people is weightier than Mount Tai, but to work for the fascists and die for the exploiters and oppressors is lighter than a feather. Um, so, you know, again, that was just, a, there. that was just a handful of, um, quotes out of the serving the people chapter. Um, and I also wanted to bring up, uh, chapter 25 is about unity. Um, because I feel like it's something that's lacking way too much on the left. Agreed. Okay, well said, Mako. U.S. government, not our government. It's good to break one's identification with the empire. Absolutely. Because those fucks don't represent us. Right. Um, the unification of our country, the unification of our people, and the uni unity of our various nationalities, these are the basic guarantees of the sure triumph of our cause. 
I have a mustache hair in my mouth and I can't get it out. It's okay. Your face is frozen. Take away. Huh. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it is only through the unity. Ah, it's still there. I got it. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> it is only through the unity of the Communist Party that the unity of the whole class and whole nation can be achieved. And it is only through the unity of the whole class and whole nation that the enemy can be defeated in the national and democratic revolution accomplished. Yep. Um, so, I, I mean, and that, that's why the left here is considered so weak, right? Um, without that unity, without the, the unity of the whole proletarian class, um, it's only through that unity that we can seek our liberation. And that's, that's, that's why it's painful when people who should be on the same side push each other away, uh, apart. Right. Um, we need as much strength as we can actually garner. There's still right. too many people who think that being a Democrat makes them left, and it's like, no, nah, you're not there yet. You know, we still need to build in numbers on the actual left and lock arms if we're going to be able to do anything. <laughs> Oh God, that bush in the backyard is killing me, man. <laughs> uh, we shall solidly unite all the forces, sorry, of our party on democratic centralist principles of organization and discipline. We shall unite with any comrade if he abides by the party's program, constitution, and decisions. Um, I mean, I don't necessarily know that the Communist Party USA is ever going to fill that role here. And that's an important distinction to make. But we shall unite with any comrade if he abides by the program, constitution, and decisions. Um, pretty self-explanatory. Uh, it it kind of harkens back to what Chairman Jake said um, during his interview about um, program, programmatic unity. Uh, basically, if you're in solidarity with the program, you're in solidarity with us. Right. Um, yeah. Panther Party education has been so fucking crucial in steering us and many others to the left. It's a way of applying Maoist thought to current issues that is fucking phenomenal. So the next quote kind of elaborates on um, democratic centralism. Uh, this democratic method of resolving contradictions among the people was epitomized in 1942 in the formula unity, criticism, unity. To elaborate, it means starting from the desire for unity, resolving contradictions through, uh, through criticism or struggle, and arriving at a new unity on a new basis. In our experience, this is the correct method of resolving contradictions among the people. Um, I don't know if China still operates that way or not. Um, but I mean, it. If, if we see how the Chinese Communist Party grew from that point, um, 
I mean, I would tend to think that he's right. Anyway. Absolutely. Uh, and this is the last one. <clears throat> Our army has achieved remarkable unity in its own ranks and those outside its ranks. Internally, there is unity between officers and men. Ask anybody you know that's been in the military how often that happens in the U.S. Army, for example. Um, anyway, between higher and lower ranks, and between military work, political work, and rear service work, and externally, there is unity between the Army and the people, between the Army and government organizations, and between our Army and friendly armies. It is imperative to overcome anything that impairs this unity. Yeah. And that's something they're hitting on in the comments here, too. <laughs> there has to be that unity. There isn't any fucking thing that we can't overcome when it comes to actually uniting. It comes down to education and communication. And yes, agreed, Mako. Mao's combat liberalism is great for criticism. Um, so Wade said that the U.S. government has gone to great pains to shatter the unity of the people, such as with cultivated racism. Um, Mako is in the process of saying, as you see on your screen, only indigenous rule will unite the races on Turtle Island. Uh, problem so far has been racism. It could if it was an indigenous communist party or government. Fair point. Um, John, replying to Wade's comment about uh, the cultivated racism, said, yes, so right. We are not divided, but for the delusions that we have been taught. Um. Miko elaborated not so much racism, but anti-indigenous sentiment. Colonial violence is more accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John said colonialism and class is racism's roots in the theft of America. And then John, uh, obviously this was about that army and officer, you are sorry, enlisted in officer unity. And he said, never, LOL, the officers are the bourgeois. And yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think that there is more, this is going to sound stupid considering the, the source, and I'm not saying go join the fucking army, but there there is a pretty good like class awareness in the army. Everybody knows, all the enlisted dudes know that the officers shit on them all day, every day. And that's like, you know, half their life is talking about that for the love of God. Like, if only they kept that and lost the machismo. I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know. Anyway, um, you already pointed out... Um, Mako's comment about Mao's combat literal liberalism. Um, yeah. I recommend any of you, you know, pop it open and read. Yeah. Um, Mako said sometimes it's just a power issue. 
And uh, uh, to be fair, I feel like a lot of things just boil down to a power issue. Um, I'm going to put that money and most of the money is concentrated in the hands of old white men. We have a fucking problem. That is a severe power imbalance. Yep. And I, I put that Marcus Garvey quote on your screen. Um, a people without authority and power or are a people without respect. That's a, that's a sentiment that's, that's been echoed in. I'm sorry. What? Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that's a, that's a sentiment that's been echoed um, since that quote. And um, I, th I think we see it play out in real life all the time. Right. Um, what I was saying was that it applies in many facets, which actually ties in with that. Cause I mean, um, yes, absolutely. Right here in regards to indigenous people, not having that power here on turtle Island, but it also applies when it comes to every other level of racism here. It applies to the sexism. It applies to the homophobia that literally the way this system is built has disempowered the majority of the population. When you're checking off everything there, especially the working class factor coming into of like literally the majority of the fucking population having no power. This is a severe fucking imbalance. The scales need tipped. Right on their fucking heads. Something like, dude, we fucking outnumber them. Greatly. And that's... That's something where, you know, we can actually reach out to people across other political lines and motivate them to actually take some fucking action too because this shit's affecting working class people who are center or right as well and that right there is one area where we can actually grab people's attention and start leading them to the left like come the fuck on you know um something's got to give if the strikes over the last fucking year that are perpetually growing doesn't tell you anything else it should at least tell you that the left is gaining momentum everyone is sick of being shit on the strikes, the fucking, um, your mic is muted, but everyone's uh, sick of a colonial government fucking stepping on them every fucking step of the way. People yeah. that are, that are my age or even your age are sick of, you know, like, oh, well, you know, we come like, look at me for example. Okay. Housing collapse in 2008. Uh, I graduate in 2009. What was I supposed to jump out into the real world and be able to do? Right. You know? Um, and then, you know, COVID, obviously the student loan crisis, the housing crisis, which we've talked about how it's largely manufactured is still yeah. going on, still getting worse every day. I mean, people like us that, that, that have lived in that, that do live in that. Right. We're sick of it. That's why the left is growing. I mean, they're, they're making their own bed. Yep. They're pushing everyone to the left, which is absolutely where everyone needs to fucking be. But it's taking all of these abuses in every fucking facet 
culminating into actually pissing people off enough to find the fucking motivation to do something about it already. You know, we so see so many of these pots boiling over. <laughs> I mean, how much shit are we going to fucking take when it comes to working for a shit system that would rather have us fucking starve? When it comes to dealing with shit ass fucking cops who would rather fucking shoot us than, you know, actually do anything positive with their fucking job. Um, what the fuck? I could go on down such a fucking long list of all the issues right now with society between the education, the fucking healthcare, you name it. Everybody's getting fucking sick of this. We're disposed. Agreed. Completely agreed. Um, and uh, John and Wade are having a conversation about leftist infighting. And I agree, Wade. Um, I, I do think that that is largely engineered. Um, yeah. And, and, and uh, it, you know, if we don't ever take our power, we don't ever have it. So, you know, we talk a lot about freedom, but I mean, what freedom to die from an abscessed tooth because you couldn't afford to go to the dentist, freedom to starve on the streets in the middle of winter. I mean, I, I don't what what freedom are we really advocating for here? Um, I don't know. Those are pretty much the things we had to talk about today, which I mean, I'm sure that there's more. Uh, we, we kind of intended to have more planned out, but I'll ask you guys in the comments there, uh, what, what has been going on this week that you've seen? Um, I, I've been noticing, you know, more strange weather patterns, maybe not to the extent of the tornadoes a couple weeks ago. We haven't checked in on, me and, uh, on Myanmar in a while. Um, there was something you had mentioned the other day as far as an update on Myanmar. I'm going to look and see what I can find. Fair enough. Um, I already did that, Wade. <laughs> There's a piece here from Al Jazeera. Uh, scroll down. Yeah, James. Um, obviously, inflation has been a, a recurring topic, too, to the point where I'm almost like sick of talking about it, to be honest, but I mean, by, by the, from the 1st of January to October, inflation was like six and a half percent. Um, there was a massacre the other day in Myanmar. Um, Save the Children confirms that some of their staff was killed in the Myanmar massacre. Um, 
rights group says that two staff members among more than 30 people killed by the military on a highway in Kaya State. Uh, sorry, scrolling. Um, on Christmas Eve, anti-military fighters said they found more than 30 burned bodies, including women and children, on a highway in Kaya, Kia State, I don't know, uh, where pro-democracy rebels have been fighting the military. Um, it is with profound sadness that we are confirming today that two members of Save the Children's staff were among at least 35 people who were killed on Friday, the 24th of December, in an attack by the Myanmar military in Kaya State in the east of the country, the UK-based organization said in a statement on Tuesday, adding that both employees were new fathers. Uh, Save the Children claimed members of the military forced people from their cars, arrested some, killed many, and burned the bodies. Um... I didn't even know anything had happened. They called for an Irish military government. That's surprising. Um, the targeting of innocent people and humanitarian actors is unacceptable in the military's widespread atrocities against the people of Myanmar. For the urgency of holding its members, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said in a statement. Um, he continued, The international community must do more to advance this goal and prevent the recurrence of atrocities in Myanmar, including by ending the sale of arms and dual-use technology to the military. Myanmar has been in turmoil since the military overthrew the elected government of Nobel laureate Aung San Suu Kyi in February, claiming fraud in an election her party won. More than 1,300 people have been killed in a crackdown by security forces, according to a local monitoring group. Um, Self-proclaimed People's Defense Forces have sprung up across the country to fight the military government and have drawn the military into bloody rounds of clashes and reprisals. Um... Myanmar's military previously said it had been attacked um, on Friday after its troops attempted to stop seven cars driving in a suspicious way. How do you drive in a suspicious... Okay, that's... That's got to turn into a shootout? you fucking kidding me? Um, troops killed a number of people in the following clashes. Um, the Myanmar Witness Monitor said it had confirmed... Local media reports and witness accounts from local fighters that 35 were killed. Um, and the satellite data also showed a fire had occurred around 6.30 on Friday. Um, I don't know why that's noted in there unless that was the same time. Uh... Uh, the UN Undersecretary General for Humanitarian Affairs, Martin Griffiths, later said he was horrified by the reports and demanded the government conduct an investigation. Um, Save the Children suspended their operations. Um, 
And the rest of this appears to be previous updates from like back in October. Um, damn. That's, did we lose Rob? I just came back to this window. I was wondering why I didn't hear any replies from him. Wonder what happened. See, I'm trying to get this to scroll back so I can read through the comments here. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Now my phone's buzzing. I wonder if that's Rob. Yep. Oh. <laughs> He's out smoking. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, he's apparently out having a cigarette. <laughs> Thank you, Emily. Um, okay, scrolling back in the comments here. Completely, not just when it's convenient. Agreed. Um, we have solutions to criminality prior to contact with Europeans. Sometimes we would send people to islands with grizzly bears or banishing. Not one prison did we have. Right? It's an unnecessary thing. There's other ways to get creative and not allow people to harm the community. Um... And Mako also said, I think there's something to be learned from indigenous groups like the Kingdom of Tonga, who have less than 100 prisoners on the island. I'm going to look into that and uh, learn some more about them. I remember hearing you reference them before. Um, yeah, John, everyone who's different drives suspiciously. Precisely. And... Uh, Yes, I imagine that's either Rob or Natalie commenting under for We Are Many, saying 35 comrades fighting in the struggle for the liberation. Indeed. Um, okay. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Not reading those comments. Rob can read them for himself, though. But... <laughs> Uh, yes, even European countries that do have prison systems focused on healing function, entirely different than our own. Uh, American prisons are legal slavery. Because that 13th Amendment, sure, it made it illegal to own other people in a general manner, but uh, not for the prison system, because they can force them to work for free or damn near free. And yes, Wade, I agree. Feds and pigs are super suspect when driving. Ow. Oh my goodness. Sorry, guys. Stretching. Pinched nerve. 
and a good doggo checking on me to see if I'm okay. You're a sweet girl. Agreed, Mako. Indigenous rule would liberate us all. And yes, John, that that was some Jim Crow shit. Hi, puppy. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna pop back into this other window here and see what else I can find as far as updates on Myanmar. I was not pooping. But yes, I did want to laugh. <laughs> oh, man. Dude. Uh, <laughs> Yay. There is um, video on YouTube from the last few days that I clearly cannot read the language, but I'm guessing... This is either footage from Christmas Eve or um, mm. from protests happening since. Let's see if I can screen share this once I get it to load. Ow. Second. Here, there we go. No, Keith, not my show. Our show, comrade. There we go. Okay. ဒီမှာငါးရဲ့နေကကျင်းမြင်နိုင်မြို့နဲ့ပန်းမင်ကြီးလမ်းမှာစစ်တောင်စီရဲ့ကားနဲ့တိုက်ဖြို့ခွင
ဒီမိုက်ရိုစီနယူးယားအကြီးတော့ပုံအောင်ညမီလို့ကျွေးကြော်ကြားဖို့တိုက်တောနေပါတယ်ကျွန်တော်တို့ရဲ့ပြီး
That's in the chat. And any user may visit the site to see the information displayed with no need for a password or registration. Nonetheless, the tool is just taking its first steps and is undergoing a process of improvement and updating since data graphics and other content continue to be added to contribute to users' experience and improve the effectiveness of searches. Um, which, I mean, you know, it might seem like they're a decade behind in, in this type of technology. Um, but considering that they... <laughs> before before Bitcoin was made. Yeah, yeah, we've we've been away from uh bartering for a little bit though, James. Since uh yeah. the rise of capitalism, especially. I mean it was definitely before Bitcoin, just not immediately. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's why I laughed. Like, well, you're right. you're right. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> um but <laughs> So uh, the, the same lady commented, quote, we will have a better map, a more complete one, as each territory places its information and takes advantage of the opportunities and promotion provided by the platform. And the fact is that for its objective to be met, the map needs the support of the specialists in foreign trade departments in all provinces and the Isle of Youth special municipality, uh, so, since they are the only parties authorized to add, edit, or delete information from their territories. Um, currently, there are 669 entities producing exportable goods and services present on the map, and of these, 23 are forms of non-state management, uh, cooperatives, self-employed, small businesses, um, 23 is still a small number, but I mean, cooperatives are really taking off in Cuba and, uh, the, the new small business sector is still finding its footing. Um, I mean, you know, there's a lot more stipulations on small businesses than there are here, uh, for good reason. Nobody should be exploited. Um, but that's that's pretty cool because it's it's really catching Cuba up with the rest of the world. Fuck yeah. Gotta love how they managed to like almost fully develop their country in a few decades versus a couple hundred years like us. <laughs> and they did it, you know, without slavery or the genocide of their indigenous um i don't even really want to say predecessors that's not right ancestors yes um and they did it in the face of how many fucking embargoes you know so uh pastors for peace um called themselves brothers and sisters of the revolution and of the Cuban people. Good. For 30 years, this is um, the last couple of things have been from uh, the Grand Ma, which is the official publishing of the Communist Party of Cuba. Um, 
for 30 years, named pastors. Yes, named after the <laughs> boat. <laughs> yes. Uh, for 30 years, Pastors for Peace has brought us encouragement, letting us know that Cuba is not alone, that within the people of the United States, there is sincere affection, fraternity, and solidarity for us, stated Communist Party First Secretary and President uh, Miguel uh, Diaz Canal Bermudez, um, usually just referred to as Diaz Canal. But um, um, he is reiterating the same sentiment that Castro had. You know, I mean, this is not verbatim or anything, but one of the statements he had given was that he absolutely loved the American people and the American people's tenacity, etc. But he ended it with a quip about, but your government. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and it's like, fair, we feel you. Um, <laughs> we'd like to be rid of it too, but you know. Um, but apparently, um, Diaz Canal met with the, which is, is a pretty, it's an annual thing. This is the 31st annual caravan. Um, and yes, Mako, they are indigenous. Uh, Cuba is an Afro-Indigenous nation. It's an example of indigenous rule. A lot to learn from Cuba. Yes, because that's exactly what their revolution was, was overthrowing fucking colonizers that were exploiting their people in their island. And they kicked them the fuck out. That's the people who came over here and started crying about, oh, they took away my plantation. Yeah, and your slaves too, bitch. I love that one post that's been going around Twitter like, it's a it's a picture um, of a house, and it said, you know, my grandfather built this house prior to the revolution, and my cousins still live in it today. Was there maybe something different about your family? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, the families that got the boot were the ones who were exploiting. Don't feel bad for them. Right. Not one bit. That right there was the indigenous people taking their shit back. So, uh, viva la revolucion. <laughs> That's why the people still march in the streets shouting, we are Castro. Right. They love their revolution. Uh, Gail Walker explained that this 31st caravan, which arrived in Cuba on November 15th and departed on the 29th, included 72 persons from the United States and Germany. More than 60 of those were making their first trip to Cuba with the caravan, uh, adding, quote, this is a representation of those who oppose the blockade, of those who are committed to do everything in our power to put an end to it. Many lies are told about Cuba, and we are here to serve as witnesses of the truth to continue on our return, working to expose all the slanders that are spread about the revolution. Yep. Absolutely. I didn't realize that that annual caravan's been going on my whole life. I only found out about it, what, the year before COVID, the Pastors for Peace caravan. Yeah. Right on. I guess to be fair, prior to that, I wasn't too dialed in on Cuba. Until the last couple years, yeah. I'm glad you started paying attention to them and what was going on with them because 
Um, that's something a lot of people need to be made aware of. You know, there's still <laughs> such red scare propaganda happening when it comes to how our fucking media. Well, correction, American fucking media, not ours. We don't claim them. Fuck them. Um, but American media, how they paint Cuba simply for being a communist state. And it's like, oh man, such bad people for not allowing exploitation. Like, fucking really? And what they did is life goals. That's shit to aspire to. Yeah. Uh, one more thing out of Grandma that I want to talk about. Um, so the, this was a run in Grandma in November of this year. Um, but it is, I don't know if it was a speech or, or a publishing, but it was written by Fidel Castro. Um, and, and I mean, basically, okay, I'll start with the title. Um, this, this has to do a lot with what Mako was just talking about. Um, our people would never allow this country to be colonized again. Today we have ideas that are, in my opinion, quite clear on how socialism should be built, but we need many very clear ideas and many questions from you who are responsible for this on how socialism can be preserved and will be preserved in the future. I ask you all without exception to consider can a revolutionary process be irreversible or not? What are the ideas or the degree of consciousness that would make the reversal of a revolutionary process impossible? Every revolution, right? Every revolutionary strategist and tactician has the duty to devise a strategy and tactics that will lead to the fundamental objective of changing the real world. No tactic or strategy that undermines unity is a good one. The world is in desperate need of unity, and if we fail to construct a minimum of unity, we will get nowhere. I have thought a lot about the role of ethics. What are the ethics of a revolutionary? All revolutionary yes. thinking begins with a little <laughs> bit of ethics, with a little bit of values instilled by parents, instilled by teachers. No revolutionary is born with these ideas, just as we are not born speaking. Someone taught us to speak. The influence of the family is also very great. Today, we have ideas that are, in my opinion, quite clear on how uh, socialism should be built. I already read this excerpt at the top. That's funny. Uh, but we need many very clear ideas and many questions from you who are responsible for this on how socialism can be preserved and will be preserved in the future. I warn you that our society is, in fact, going to be an entirely new society. And in this long distance race, we have already given those closest to us more than a four or more than a few clues. This is not to our credit. The credit goes to the empire. It's threats against us. The challenge it imposed on us were too great. The credit is theirs. The only thing that our noble, generous, brave and intelligent people have done is to respond. And today they are responding with the great strength of many developed intelligences is it that revolutions are bound to collapse or is it that men make revolutions collapse? Can men, can society prevent revolutions from collapsing or not? I'll immediately add another question for you. 
Do you believe that this revolutionary socialist process can collapse or not? Have you ever thought about it? Have you ever thought about it in depth? But we are beginning. I began a long time ago to ask ourselves this question in the face of the super powerful empire that stalks us, threatens us, has transition plans and military plans of action for a given historical moment. They have more than enough tanks and we have none to spare, none. All their technology fails. It is ice at noon in the middle of a hot park. And uh, once again, like when we had seven rifles and few bullets, when we have many more than seven rifles, we have an entire people who have learned to handle weapons an entire people who, in spite of our mistakes, possess such a level of culture, knowledge, and consciousness that they would never allow this country to become a colony again. And uh, I said I didn't know if that was from a speech. It was from a speech given at the University of Havana's Ala Magna in 2005. Right there, what he's speaking to is revolutionary optimism for one and for two, that complete change in fucking perspective that comes with ethics. Because once you learn ethics and how your rights end where the next person's begin and that you don't have the right to cause harm and you learn all the various ways that harm can be caused, especially by things like capitalism, that right there induces growth when it comes to how you view other people and how you view not just equality, but equity. That right there is the total shift in perspective that we need to have in order to keep a revolution from being undone. I am going to paste the link to that. Um, And yes, Mako, it is anti-colonial as fuck. <laughs> um, so yep. I just posted the link. Um, the article is in Spanish, but if you have a Chrome-based browser like Brave or Chromium or Chrome itself, I guess, or I think even Microsoft's newest browser is Chromium-based. But uh, anyway, the point is... It'll translate. It'll translate. And if you don't have um, a browser that will, then you can always use Google Translate. Um, honestly, that's where I get all of my news about Cuba at this point. I don't, I don't trust Western media. Right. Same. If I want to find out about something, I go straight to Grandma. Um, I mean, there's... I'm back into December stories now, but there, there's so much good uh, stuff in here. Like, I mean, I, I guess our equivalents would be like editorials, but uh, the people have the right to defend it, or the people has the right to defend itself is how it's worded, but I'm pretty sure that's a translation thing. Um, and then Cuba lives and is reborn in our schools. Imagine if if we said, you know, like, that our culture lives in our schools, how much better we would treat our schools just based on that alone. Right. 
for fuck's sake. We punish schools with lowering their funding if they have bad test scores. When what they need is more fucking funding to get the tools that they need to maybe hire more teachers if they have too many students per teacher, things like that. And we do the opposite and punish them. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? The public school system should be something to be able to be proud of, of an actual well-rounded education, not a bunch of fucked up indoctrination and, you know, basically getting a fucking lottery based on where you live of if you live in a nice fucking area with high taxes, then you get a great education. And if you live in a poor area with low taxes, you get a shit one. What the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? Um, also, I, I didn't realize um, I, I should have talked about this like two weeks ago, but. Revolutionary Armed Forces Day is celebrated across uh, Cuba on December 2nd, uh, which commemorates the date in 1956 when Fidel Castro and 81 other revolutionaries returned to Cuba aboard the Grand Ma to uh, initiate the battle for definitive uh, independence. And that's how it's worded, definitive independence. Yep. It's fucking beautiful. And yep, you're right, Wade. Wendingo Society. We call it Wetico up in Michigan. But same thing. Greed sickness. I'm also really interested to see how uh, how Cuba is going to do reopening their tourism industry. And I mean, I don't say that because I don't think they can handle it. I think they've handled the pandemic better than most countries um oh goodness maya said that florida defunds schools for enforcing masks fucking florida of course they would god damn why why and fair point mako if science cannot serve us under capitalism then neither can education and that's something that I hate seeing happen on both fronts because I, I'm a scientist who got really, really fucking jaded about a lot of what's happening in the scientific community, which is why I don't do that anymore. <laughs> um, and as far as education, like I see education as something that is a human right. Knowledge is power. And to see both of those things faltering because of fucking capitalism pisses me off. Yeah, totally. That angers me more because science is discovery of how everything fucking exists. If you don't have a firm grasp on how everything exists and how it does what it does and why you're, you're left at a disadvantage right off the bat. That's another failing of our education system too. For fuck's sake. Well, and um, I, I also think we're pointing to failures of capitalism rather than failures of science. Right. Right. But the problem is where capitalism affects the science. Right. Where you get bullshit being put out simply because it was funded. And, you know, a lot of people don't want to listen even when shit gets rebutted by 
peer review and, you know, people going, no, the fucking data doesn't add up. This is bullshit, which we've seen a lot of with the COVID situation. And people don't want to listen to real independent fucking scientists who are doing these peer reviews and actually coming out and going, well, no, what you read there was bullshit. Um, what's being shown in the data over here is not. Yeah. It's frustrating because people aren't taking into consideration like, bro, if it was just your own fucking life that you were putting at risk, okay, your choice. But when what you're doing is putting other people at risk, come the fuck on. Yet again, we got to go back to ethics and your rights end where the next person's begin. Um, John said the ignorant are easy, easily controlled. And yes. uh, yeah, how do you think we fucking got here? Right. Um, yeah, I, so I, I, I remember that I read this like two weeks ago, but I don't know if I talked about it on last week's stream, but you remember the farmers protests in India, right? Um, yeah. those laws were finally repealed. Well, hi Natalie. And sorry about that. We were late getting started. Yeah, we were quite late. Um, tacos. It was mostly tacos, but mostly tacos. <laughs> yeah, agreed, John. Funny how people disavow science and mathematics yet enjoy its fruits every day. Yeah. It's, I yeah. don't think that I really have anything else to talk about. Plane crash. Oh yeah. Where was that San Diego? I I, I believe so. <clears throat> um So it was a apparently a, a business jet. This was uh last night. And uh, a business jet took off from somewhere in the L.A. area. And it, well, I mean, it, it was seen on a doorbell cam basically going into a nose, nosedive. And, um, I mean, all I can figure is that quick reaction from the pilot is probably why it didn't crash into a house. Um. I've found some footage here. Is it the doorbell video or is it a different? Uh... I'm not sure. They all appear to be compilations. They're all at least a few minutes long. And I only had seen like a few seconds of yeah. that doorbell cam. Um, so give me a second to get this to load and let me skip the ad. Uh, while you are doing that, I actually want to um, plug Socialism for All um, on YouTube. Uh, three days ago, posted The Foundations of Leninism by Joseph Stalin, uh, audiobook. 
So, you know, if if you want to learn a little bit about what Stalin thought rather than what Westerners say about Stalin, I, I would suggest right. that that's a good place to start. Okay. That's a good point, Maya. I believe the older generation, especially in Florida, have been indoctrinated to hate Cuba's communists by making the children in the 1960s do duck and cover drills. And John basically just typed what I was going to say. Uh, you nailed it. Drills were propaganda. Yep. Absolutely. All right, I'm going to screen share this. Uh, oh, get the volume. As you can see, though, there was uh, not much left of that plane. Not much left of that plane at all. I'll get out of here. Once again, we don't own this footage. 
This is for educational purposes. Where is the fucking video that just Oh, it's 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 right there on your uh Oh, we felt like this giant boom like shake up our whole entire house. I thought it was an earthquake or like a boulder from this hill come down. It was neither. The power was out and dinner was over. She ran outside and saw what looked to be metal rubble everywhere. The plane actually landed on this road, Pepper Drive, in the middle of the road. It took out some power lines but did not impact any homes. Lakeside Fire Chief Don Butt says around 7.15 p.m., 911 dispatchers got multiple reports of explosions on the 1200 block of Pepper Drive in rural El Cajon. Fire crews quickly extinguished the flames, but there was no silhouette of a plane left on the ground. There's very little left of the of the aircraft. It's slept as burned. The crash was contained just to the road and the flames did not reach any of the surrounding homes. There were no injuries or uh, further fatalities on the ground. Uh, okay. The only fatalities we're assuming right now are those that were in the aircraft that we don't know how many there were in the aircraft. Neighbors who live along Pepper Drive say in this tragedy, that is the silver lining. Susan DeAnda says she will never forget what the pilot did for her community. He gave his life to protect everybody else. And he's a hero. In my eyes, he's a hero. Well, I mean, it's it's just wild, actually. Like, I've... I, I don't know. I, I Because of this situation, actually, I've heard that there's actually been a handful of these um, throughout the past few months. And it's kind of bizarre, but not a whole lot of details um, are really available about uh, it. This, this is a still photo from a Nest cam. Yeah, I was actually just pulling up the uh, cam footage. Hang on. Oh, awesome. Um, okay, I'll stop sharing. There we go. Um, Give me just a I thought that was what that was going to be, but it was just a still. this what? what did it make you think what? about your own health <laughs> now we want to get right to this new video showing the moment the small plane crashed in unincorporated El Cajon. so you see that glow right there at the top of your screen and look what happened uh, that's at the moment the plane came down this morning authorities say they have now found no survivors so this happened last night and uh, thankfully again no one on the ground was hurt in this news 8's Chris Grove more on the ongoing investigation now NTSB and the FAA will lead this investigation into exactly why this plane crashed. Now, of course, one of the questions that so gonna... many people want to know the answers. 
Now we want to get right to this Rewind new it. video showing the moment the but small like, plane crashed in unincorporated. I mean, obviously, he was pretty much right coming straight down. And look what happened. Yeah. Uh, that's at the moment the plane came down. This morning, authorities say they have now found no survivors. So this happened last night, and uh, thankfully, again, no one on the ground was hurt in this. News 8's Chris Grow, more on the ongoing investigation now. As NTSB and the FAA will lead this investigation. Yeah, it's 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 just pretty wild. But apparently, this isn't even the first one that's like happened this year, um, with Lear Jets. Um, so I wonder if they're going to be facing a lawsuit. They typically make, uh, you know, business jets, small jets. I don't know. Uh, do you have anything else to talk about, or should we start trying to wrap this up? Um, not that I can think of. I think we covered it all. Um, yeah. Awkward outro. <laughs> um, Thursday, we will be having our uh, next piece from Eldridge Cleaver's Soul on Ice. Um, and then next week, obviously the Thursday stream next week will be Emma Goldman's Anarchism and Other Essays. And um, we probably have another show coming for you next week too. If not, it'll be the week after. But I don't want to give it away. So... Um, Yes, James. Yes, it James. is. It is time for the music. <laughs> you are correct. Um. Yeah, I think that's all I got. Um. Of course, visit our website to keep up to date. That's for weirmany.org. Um. Follow us on Twitter at for we are many two. Uh, you can support us financially at patreon.com slash for we are many. We have five, ten, and twenty dollar tiers, I think is what we made them now. Um, and of course, did you get rid of the trolling tiers for Musk and Bezos? Oh, yeah, we don't really talk about those anymore. Should I try <laughs> to do the whole Don thing? Hey. Sure. Hey, Elon. Elon, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember how many dollars that tier is. It's something stupid, like ten grand or something. I think it was actually a hundred grand a month. A hundred grand a month. That's all. That's it, pocket. That's that's pocket change, Elon. You call yourself a socialist? That was real, actually. He actually called himself a socialist? Yeah. yeah. And I think that he entirely misunderstood. Well, a utopian socialist. He had to clarify that he wasn't a Marxist, of course. How can he be a socialist at all, then? Utopian socialism was around before Marx. And Marx was like, that's not going to get okay. us anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
But, uh... Yeah, dildo space rocket money. <laughs> yeah. John. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, that dick rocket, Jeff. If you can pay for that dick rocket, you can pay for a ridiculously priced Patreon tier. Indeed. And we'll start with using the money to do mutual aid for your employees. Because that's who that money actually belongs to. And unionization effort. I muted the mic with my nose. That's funny. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) And uh, unionization efforts, Elon. You too, Jeff. Yes. Yes. Penis propulsion. Yes. God damn. (laughs) So like time out, time out. Before before I play the song, I gotta I gotta like hold on, Jeff Bezos Rocket. Hold on, hold on. Uh different tab. Doctor Evil Rocket. Oh boy, this is gonna be a fun side by side. Oh my god, Business Insider did a fucking article about it. <laughs> yeah. That's that's great. Okay, so hold on, hold on. We got a side by side. We got, <laughs> we got a side by side. Well, I mean, Doctor Evil's is longer, but this. Bezos has more girth. Hold on, hold on. This better be the video. If it's not, I'm going to be so mad. I think I'm about to be mad. Oh, my God. I don't know, sir, but it looks like a giant Johnson. (laughs) Anyway, the point is that, God damn it, Jeff Bezos has a Dr. Evil dick rocket. Pretty much. I have to find that scene now. It's short enough that it won't get us flagged. Oh, man. And once again, we don't own it. We're using it for educational purposes. (laughs) Oh, fuck. (laughs) Colonel, you better take a look at this radar. What is it, son? I don't know, sir. But it looks like a giant dick. Yeah. Take a look out of starboard. Oh, my God. It looks like a huge... Packer! Oh, yeah. Get on the horn to British intelligence and let them know about this. 
that see educational it is a long smooth shaft complete with two walls <laughs> oh man you're right Wade Gotta Bezos win. has no balls And that's what she said. Like, chunk. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to play the music and uh, get off of here. Um, I appreciate you guys for coming out tonight, even though we were late. Um, yes, indeed. And, and a little too. bit unprepared, which is funny. <laughs> I thought we would be more prepared right. now that you're here, but. <laughs> oh, damn it, John. <laughs> nope, 11 minutes. Not even enough for foreplay. Uh, man, and also, like... Bro, okay. So, like, you mean to tell me that you took fucking, like, 90-year-old Captain Kirk to space for the first time in real life? And then he's trying to say something, like, deep about the experience... And you fucking blow a bottle of champagne all over it. I'm like, woo! Seriously? Right, right. He's a dick. He's a dick. How dare he disrespect William Shatner like that? I know. Come the fuck out. <laughs> like, what is wrong like, with you? Twenty-two Al Bundy's. Oh God, nobody, nobody wants that. One was plenty. One was perfect. I, I think he's saying the the eleven minutes is like twenty two. Al Bundy's right, and I'm saying nobody wants that. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> they need to be finishing after thirty seconds and never really get anywhere. Um. Anyway. Anyway, um, it was, it was fun, you guys. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> God, we're weird. <laughs> yeah, would we be fun otherwise? Maybe, but not as fun. You want to know what's funny? We still haven't finished the cues to this song, and we still haven't even titled it. Flam bam abuse mix. <laughs> yeah, that's not a song title at all. But that's that's what it's been known as. Yes. For a while so, now. For like eight months now. <laughs> so please I know. enjoy the flam bam <laughs> abuse mix. Oh, my God. 
Insert keyboards here. <laughs> 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 